If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And uh, good afternoon, folks. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. Greg is back tomorrow. We will be taking your telephone calls, 800-848-9222. This information just into us, the suspect, the suspect in the machete attack against New York City police officers has been charged with attempted murder and assault. Now, this is a 19-year-old man, apparently from Maine, and he was on the terrorism watch list. His mother and another relative, another relative, had informed authorities that he had become radicalized, uh, if you will. And um, he, he came to New York City and attacked the police officers with the machete and the good news all three police officers have been released from the hospital we'll have more details on that as the show goes on this afternoon crisis on steroids crisis on steroids and what i want to know this afternoon is how did their problem become our problem. When I say crisis on steroids, I'm referring to the migrant situation, the open border, if you will, and the plight that they have somehow has become our problem. It's it's unimaginable, and we are paying for it financially. And look at what's happening in El Paso, Texas. Hundreds of migrants released there literally are sleeping on the streets of El Paso. And this may be coming to a city near you. Migrants with nowhere to go have been seen lying on mattresses and cardboard boxes. In the uh, city's uh, downtown district, after having, <clears throat> excuse me, their their claims, their claims processed, and being let into the country by border patrol agents, the situation which a local congressman dubbed a crisis on steroids, a crisis on steroids, and. Now there's an issue of sanitary conditions in which uh, the city of El Paso was worried about spreading infectious diseases. Former Secretary of State, which sort of overlaps with this issue, Mike Pompeo, warning 
that millions may get infected with COVID as it relates to Chinese travel. We are dealing with a lot of issues around the country. And I want to spend some time this afternoon while I'm filling in for Greg Kelly. Did it ever occur to any of us that we are not having the more beds for the mentally ill that we need because the country is too busy paying for things like the migrant crisis, the mentally ill, the mentally ill. We're going to talk about what's happened just recently in Oregon, a state lawmaker in Virginia and the challenges that he had with his son after his son stabbed him repeatedly. What's happening in New York as it relates to the mentally ill. In fact, I want you to listen to this. Just days ago, in New York City, just days ago, a man was naked, naked, and at an elevated train station in the Bronx, was dangling up in the air with one hand, holding on. And as the train arrived, he either let go 20 feet up in the air, naked. He either let go or he just couldn't hold on anymore. And there were people down below as he hit the pavement doing a play-by-play account. Listen to this. Right here. Homie bugging. Homie acting a fool. Homie acting a fool. Look at him. He dropped. He dropped. And indeed he dropped and hit the floor, hit the ground, the pavement. And uh, apparently uh, is okay, was hospitalized. But a bit later, we are going to get to the mentally ill. I want to have a conversation as it relates to the mentally ill. And there was another incident at the United Nations as far as a woman having a uh, psychiatric episode, that's the way it's being described, that pulled up to the United Nations gates and refused to leave. And, of course, authorities had to deal with that situation. Another story we are watching watching comes out of the Capitol, comes out of the Capitol in terms of what's going to happen tomorrow with 222 Republicans set to be sworn in And all Democrats expected to oppose Kevin McCarthy's nomination. He can only afford to lose four seats in his bid to become speaker. And at this hour, it appears that he does not have the votes necessary 
to win on the first ballot. As a critical group of conservative Republicans are demanding a radical departure from the status quo in chamber leadership. So there was a uh, apparently a conference call last night with members of the GOP conference and McCarthy apparently was willing to deal with or accept a key demand by members of the right wing freedom caucus who insisted on allowing the process to remove a speaker known as a motion to vacate to be initiated by just five Republican members instead of a majority. So in other words, if McCarthy gives into that, he can be removed by the process started by just five members as opposed to the majority. That That's a loaded deck type situation. But the, the border, the border, I am disgusted about what's going on at the border. And I, I don't understand. I really don't understand. I'm sympathetic to the plight of the migrants. But how does their problem become our problem? How does that happen? I get it with the pandering politicians. I get it. I get it with the pandering from the White House. And that's part of the major problem here. But their issue becomes our problem. Their issue becomes our problem. Let's start with the telephone calls this afternoon. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. Let's go to Eloise, uh, who's calling from Eloise. Where are you calling? The Bronx. Okay, the Bronx. From the Bronx. From the Bronx, New York. Good afternoon. Uh, Yes. How y'all doing? Uh, I was wondering why can't they make a template of our earned entitlements? Give each template to some ambassadors and let them go talk to the kings, queens, presidents of all these countries because they're not doing nothing to help their own people. Uh, are and you they, referring? I don't know what you're referring to. Are you talking about referring the, to the reform for immigration? Okay, okay. Because see, people want to come here because they want to make money, but they can make money in their own country, and then people who want to go visit them. Can come from other countries and, and have fun and spend money. Do, do Are you really buying that, Eloise? Because I don't, that they just want to come here and make money. Are you really buying that? Well, they make money all kinds of ways. Look how much money they're making at the border. Right, but but the, they're coming the here. The are making money. Yes, you are correct about that. But they want to come here because of the great life, especially what's perceived from their point of view, the great life in America. And it, I mean, I'll, I'll put the question to you: Is it fair? Should oh, it, well, fair doesn't exist. You, you are right. Amen to that. You are correct. Thank you for your telephone call, Dominic Carter. Here with you, folks. In for Greg Kelly. Let's go to Joe, Long Island, New York. Good afternoon, Joe. What's on your mind? Good afternoon. As far as the the uh, illegal aliens, we should not. Right when they came to New York, instead of uh, our our illustrious mayors, you know, rolling out the red carpet, <laughs> they on the phone call Washington and say they're in the street and there's nothing I can do for them. Do something or they're going to stay in the street. Uh, Eric Adams 
I hear talk that he wants to run for president. My only question is, of what country? Because he's not doing anything for anybody here. And they should draw back where you have the, the 80, 90, 100 miles of desert where Border Patrol goes looking for people that are going to perish there. They should do what they did in Nagasaki and Hiroshima, drop leaflets and say, we're not looking for you. We're not looking for you. If you if if you get lost in the in the in the desert, then we should come back a hundred miles in those spots and take that away from them. If you go there, you're on your own. And they should never get a, a pathway to citizenship if they snuck into this country. Possibly the dreamers could get legal alien status, like my mother had for fifty plus years. She didn't become a citizen. She owned property. She paid taxes. She lived a good life. They want they want to put their hands in our cookie jar. And as Thank far you, as I'm Joe. concerned, you put your hand in my cookie jar, I'm going to chop your fingers off. Hey, Joe, wait, let, let me stop you right there because I love that line. One more time. They want to say it one more time. They want they want to take what we have. They're and, put they're putting us thank in, you. hands in our cookie jar. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You just made my day. And what I don't understand is, you know, Americans are giving. Americans are willing to help. But come on, this is a situation where you're taking advantage of us. And this is why I don't subscribe to these pandering politicians on the left. Because kumbaya, we, we welcome everyone, uh, at least in New York. New York is a sanctuary city. But you're going to put them in the same homeless system as, 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 the, as the regular citizens. Thus, you're going to entice them to come even more by the thousands. We have the Biden administration declaring, oh, no, that we, you know, Supreme Court, we don't need to fight Title 42 anymore. No, 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 we give up. What, what in the world is that, Joe? What in the world... Why would you're supposed to be re- representing America? Why would you not put up a fight on Title 42, which was an excellent policy started by the Trump administration, started by the Trump administration? Let's not forget that at the height of COVID for health reasons, you cannot come in here into this country. And, I, you know, it took the Supreme Court to step up and do for Americans what the Biden administration should be doing. Joe, is it just me here? Am I seeing this uh, in, in a way that, that perhaps uh, you and other Americans are not? No, I see it exactly that way. The reason why they're letting people in and, and is because they want to dilute our workforce. They want to make people work for less. They want the rich people, like the guys that, that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden rub shoulders and rub elbows with, they want their cheap labor. And Joe Biden, I got a message for you. You're a good Catholic like the Pope. Both of you, you and the Pope, are going to need big, big, big caskets because where you're both going, you're going to need those super swamp cool, uh, super big swamp coolers because you're going to hell and the Pope is right behind you. Okay, well, I don't know. I I, I hear you, Joe. I don't know all about that. But I do appreciate uh, your call. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. We have to take a break. We are taking your telephone calls from around the country. In fact, when we come back, 
When we come back, we're going to Atlanta, Georgia, to uh, chat with uh, Adam, who's calling in uh, from Atlanta. But first, a break. We're taking your calls at 800-848-9222. We will be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly with you folks. In a moment, I'm going to Adam calling from Atlanta, Georgia. But let me begin. Let me begin with Jamal in the Bronx, New York. Good afternoon, Jamal. What's on your mind? Good afternoon. Uh, this is the first time I hear your voice on the radio. I listen to Craig Kelly sometimes. I'm opposite sides. First of all, your last caller, tell him to go and pick up the stuff from the farm because he's so anti-immigrant. Is he going to go and pick up the strawberries and blueberries or onions from the New York field? I have friends that are farmers in New York. They're losing right now because there's nobody to pick it up. You guys keep talking about other – I don't know what you guys are thinking. There is issue with immigration. I got it. I'm on your side, but come up with a solution than crying every day. What is your solution? You have asylum seekers that Republican and Democrats, they want it because of the Jewish immigrants during World War II. Nobody wants to change that. Anybody shows on the border, they fought political asylum. One thing your side doesn't talk, the guys that they're coming in airport from Europe, China, and other countries, and they stay over their visa. Okay, Jamal. I don't see Jamal, Jamal, it is a big deal. It is a big deal on the borders. How much do you think taxpayers can take? I agree with you, sir, that there is a burden on our country. I love this country. I came through all the paperwork. I filed my paperwork. I love this country. I've been here more than 40 years, but I am tired of your side. I'm talking Republican. Crying, crying, crying. First thing, why don't you put a system in the airport? Like every country in the hey, world. Hey, Jamal. Every country in the Jamal, world. Jamal, 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 you, you, you have a lot to talk about. Do me a favor. Just hold on. I'm going to come back to you, and then I'm going to go to Al, to Adam in Atlanta. We've got to harsh this out. We've got to talk about this, Jamal, because you're dead wrong on the issue. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly, folks. We will be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Jamal, Jamal, Jamal. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. Greg is back tomorrow. I was just chatting with Jamal in the Bronx, New York. And to sum this all up is... The fact that I do not understand why American taxpayers are on the hook for migrants. I sympathize with their plight. I really do. But it's not our problem. And it's not going to stop. It's become our problem. And Jamal and the Bronx, New York has a problem with that. But Jamal, I I have a problem with you if this is accurate. It says here on my board why am I talking about Machete Guy, the guy that's been charged in the attack on New York City police officers because there are bigger fish to fry? Is that accurate, Jamal? 
Yes, yes, I called you for that, but then you changed the subject to immigration. First of all, I don't understand. Why are you guys making a big deal about the crime in urban area? You have New York City and Chicago. Oh, oh really? You have a guy with machete walking on Watertown, New York, because the last guy was oh, running on your ticket okay. was talking about Watertown, New York. Hey, hey, no Jamal, Jamal, are, are you, are you smoking, Jamal, my friend, are you smoking something? Because no, because because right now you're not making much Jamal Jamal you're yelling I can't understand a word that you're saying which means that the listeners can't understand you, Jamal sir. but wait a minute but wait a minute Jamal wait a minute Jamal this is the problem in America this is exactly the problem what you are articulating and what is coming from the left we have three police officers in New York City on on New Year's Eve uh, uh, assignment, and some radicalized uh, individual from Maine, 19 years old, walks up with a machete, fractures the skull of one officer, cuts another officer, and then finally is shot in the so- in the uh, shoulder by the third officer. And one of the officers with the fractured skull happened to be a rookie that just graduated Friday from the police academy. And you have the nerve to say to me, why am I talking about this? Dominic, Dominic, did you ask me whether I support such an act? Jamal, and I've got to move on in a second. I just laid it out. See, this is exactly the problem. The left wants to pretend that there's no crime. Would you still feel the same way if one of those police officers was your son, Jamal? Or your father? I, I said to you, Dominic, I just said to you, I do not support such acts, but you cannot make a big deal about the crime in a big city. Don't, so, 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 New York. so, you so, so, talk about so, 10 people with machete with so, a crazy so, white so, so, oh, so, all across America. You talk about that. You all, didn't make a big deal about that. About what? Jamal, it's very hard about to understand. The guy that killed 10 people, innocent people in a Jamal, mall. Jamal, you don't know what I focus on. So you want me to focus on that issue in particular because it's a white suspect and it were uh, black victims, African-American victims. I spent enormous time on that issue. So, Jamal, you got to have your facts right Dominic, when you call. Jamal, Jamal, same to Dominic, you. When, Jamal, when you call Dominic, me, Jamal, when you call me, you've got to have your facts, buddy. I'm not one of these uh, regular hosts that you're going to just intimidate and I'm just going to roll over. You have got to have your facts. And you don't know what you're talking about. And your point illustrates exactly what's wrong in America. Crime? What crime? There's no crime. There's no crime. Every city in the country, everyone that can hear my voice knows that there's a crime problem. But Jamal says, no crime. No crime. You guys, your party, I'm a registered Republican, your party uh, is creating something that doesn't exist. Go tell that. To Michelle Goh's uh, family, the Asian-American woman that was pushed to her death on the subway system in New York City. I could go on and on and on. I could pick a city, any city, and point to out-of-control crime. Why? Because of pandering politicians that fed into the Black Lives Matter narrative. That fed into all of that nonsense. Hopefully... Hopefully, hopefully we're past that. It seems like Black Lives Matter, you know, now that they're rich and they got their mansions, it's and nobody's prosecuting them. 
it seems like uh, they, they've gone underground. So hopefully they'll stay underground, never to be heard from again. I mentioned Adam in Atlanta, Georgia. Good afternoon, Adam. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. Uh, Happy New Year. Good afternoon. Same to you, Adam. Thank you. Uh, so on these um, asylum laws, let me make two quick points. First, um, they're being abused because according to the U.N., which is not you know, popular by the right or Republicans, you have to escape extreme situations like a genocide or a war, for example. Being poor does not make you qualified to be a refugee or claim asylum. Adam, and the second point Adam, is- Adam, you're going to make your second point. Adam, thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for putting out there the reality of what's going on. The reality of what's going on is that most of these migrants, I would venture to say 90%, want a better life. It's as simple as that. And you, I, and everybody else is going to pay for it. Go ahead, Adam. And uh, the second point is when you claim asylum, you're supposed to claim it at the first safe country. A lot of these people are going through three, four, five, even more countries. So if you claim to be a refugee, why are you coming all the way to the United States? We know why. We Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I cut you off, Adam, by mistake. They're coming here. What did you say? They're coming here because they know that with our lax immigration laws, they basically won the lottery. Adam, Adam, there's no other way to say this. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> from 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 Atlanta, because folks, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that is exactly what's going on. And I'm like, am I walking around in fog? Am I the only one that sees this? Because these pandering politicians all over the country, oh, such hypocrites. When it was just a problem of Texas and Arizona and other states, nobody cared. The issue of immigration and migrants, nobody cared. But because now Governor Greg Abbott of Texas and others and Ron DeSantis of Florida have said, hey, you know what? We're going to share some of this pain. We're going to see how you deal with the problem. Now these sanctuary cities like New York are screaming bloody Murder. Oh, we can't afford it. But yet, but yet, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, folks. In New York in particular, when the migrants arrived on the buses, the city of New York acted like it was something to celebrate and had commissioners there to greet them and care packets and, uh, and of course, a nice stay after some paperwork at a uh, at a uh, at a Manhattan uh, nice hotel, um, uh, it went on and on and on. And so then the mayor built. And here's how you know this is a scam. The mayor of New York City built a tent city. He had to move it once, but he built a tent city. And once he built this tent city, and it had Xboxes, and you could make telephone calls and computers and and meals that that fit your 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 tradition and 
everything catered to. Basically, no one showed up. Ask yourself why. The answer to the question is, why should you stay in a tent city? I want to be in a hotel like the Americans. I don't want to pay for it. I don't have a way to pay for it. Look at what's going on in El Paso. Basically destroying that city. Sleeping on the streets, that is the migrants. It the, What they are saying is, their problem, Americans, you have now inherited and President Biden is saying, come on down, which is despicable. Let's go to California. Let's say good afternoon to Jay. Jay, thank you for joining us. And what's on your mind? Dominic, I talked to you a couple of days ago, and I, I told you then that I thought you were sensational. And uh, you needed to have a permanent spot uh, during daylight hours on WABC. And uh, I suggested to you that you talk to guest uh, John Castamatidis or whoever the powers uh, there that be about it. And you said you didn't want to touch that. I guess you're modest, and I can understand that. So I said to myself this morning, uh, while Castamatidis was uh, on the air uh, subbing for uh, Sid Rosenberg, I tried to reach him, and I was going to talk to him about it directly, but I couldn't get through. For four hours, the line was busy, and I suspected, you know, they, they just busied out because they didn't want any calls. So I, I, tell me how I reach him, please. I want to talk to him. I want to make the suggestion to him. It needs to be made. I think you are just sensational. You have an approach that's different from most of the other people. You put two people together, uh, and you, you create a uh, – uh, a, a cross uh, uh, argument, and you get both sides of it from two of your callers. Nobody else does that. You you just are sensational. Well, the way thank you, you handle thank it. you, thank you, thank you, Jay. I I really appreciate your your support, Jay, calling us from uh, from California this afternoon. I'm in for Greg Kelly. One, um, you could reach Mr. Katsimatidis or Margot Katsimatidis. Uh, via via email, it's 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 listed publicly. I don't have it in front of me, um, uh, but but let me just tell you this: um, they are aware of uh, of everything that's going on, and they are the ones that have put me in this position, Jay. So they they I'm here for a reason, and believe me, it is because the cats and Matides have put me in this in this position. And so things are going on. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the uh, in the future, Jay. But thank you, thank you for the call. Uh, again, uh, the Katsimatidis are the folks that have put me in this position. Period. I can't be any more clearer than that. So they recognize uh, what's going on, and um, they they have been very, very, very strong supporters of my career, extremely strong. So I do thank you for the call. Let's go to, uh, let's go to, uh, to uh, Ralph. Ralph is calling from Manhattan, uh, New York city. Ralph, what's on your mind? Dominic, if you, if you don't have a manager, Jay is right there for you because he is good. He, he, he actually speaks for many of us because here's the thing that he points out that is so, so so beneficial to, to talk radio. You actually, 
allow people on the phone that have, have a differing opinion, and that doesn't go. That doesn't fly in talk radio anymore. As I mentioned to you, a mutual admiration society is boring as hell. So, you know, that's the job that you're doing. That's all the more credit to you. But as far as uh, the, the cat that called before, Jamal, it'd be great if he, if he kind of lowered his voice a little bit so I could understand what the hell he's talking about. But in the, in, the middle of his, in the middle of his tirade, I understand so much what he's saying about solutions because um, he can actually go – and I'm far from a right-wing guy, as you know. He can go to uh, our president and ask directly if he had the capacity, but we don't. We can't do that in this day and age. But, you know, why did you say that door is ajar? Why did you say that door is open to anybody who dares to come? You're more than welcome. This is not sovereignty, Dominic. This is insanity. You cannot, I don't care if you're right, left, somewhere in between, you cannot open that door and say, just come in willy-nilly. We don't care who you are. The door is open to you. That's, that's absolute insanity to me. Ralph, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you, my friend. And I, I don't know, I don't know if it's part of the impact of Black Lives Matter, you know, I, I think, remember, this was not the first time Mr. Biden ran for president, and he was unsuccessful. But yet when he right. went far, far, far left, in cahoots, if you will, with Black Lives Matter and looking the other way at the protest and, and so on, then all of a sudden uh, he won. And and so I believe, Ralph, and I, I thank you for the call because I've got to take a break, Ralph, but I appreciate you and I thank you for the call. I do believe that the Biden White House has made a calculated decision that they are going to stay far, far left no matter what because they are successful at it. That's why That's why he's considering running for another term. The truth of the matter is, folks, I don't know if we can uh, survive another four years. I do not know if we can survive another four years of this president. I'm sure we can, but what's going to happen? Which, which item are we going to run out of next? Female products. We ran out of baby formula. We ran out of antibiotics. We ran out of what's next. What's next with this president. And then it's like, it's like, Oh, well, you know, do without you'll be okay. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. We will be right back with more of your telephone calls. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And uh, Dominic Carter, Dominic Carter, back with you folks. And, and you know what, folks? I, I left home to come do the show, and I forgot to take my allergy medication. And so please, uh, please bear with me. We are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to uh, Andy in Whitestone. Good afternoon, Andy. What's on your mind? Hey, good afternoon. I saw Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google, and the YouTube uploads the picture of a hand over the glass, Caption Police Admit, and in the back of that is Danielle's WordPress. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 what, what, Andy, what, what in the hell are you talking about? 
I have no idea what you're talking about. And you're done now. I have no idea what you're talking about. As I mentioned, uh, coming up, we're going to deal with the issue of the mental illness and those that are mentally ill. And the reason why we're going to deal with it, and we see all of your calls, we're going to try and get to as many as possible, is to a degree how, how our leaders have dealt with mental illness is almost like the same way they're dealing with the migrant situation. And that is just looking the other way. That is just looking the other way. It's happening across the country with the mentally ill too often, too often. Let's go to Fred. Fred on Long Island. Good afternoon, Fred. You are on the Greg Kelly Show. Dominic Carter here with you. Hey, Dominic. Happy New Year. Same to you and your family. Uh, Go right ahead. Thank you very much. So, yeah, I've been in uh, mental health for the past 30 years. Um, I'm, I'm a care coordinator. I deal with all types of mental health issues. Um, and I, I see the problem as there's many, there's many aspects to the problems. But the main problem is the institutionalization of uh, the mentally ill. And that began back in the 90s. It, they, they closed they pilled, they closed pilled, well they're in the process of closing Pilgrim Psychiatric Center they closed Kings Park they're closing Creedmoor all those beds are gone and what do they put the people now they put them they they they, they well they were supposed to open up what's called supported housing which is basically apartments now anybody in mental health knows that a lot of these people who've been in institution for many many years and who have a serious and persistent mental illness are incapable of living on their own in an apartment situation. And not only that, they never put in the money to, to, to uh, um, make enough apartments for them anyway, right? And all the money, so by closing all these hospitals and uh, not, not opening enough uh, community residences or other type of residence for them um, has created a problem, plus no bail thing. Right. You know, now, 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 mental health workers are not. They're, they're actually they're giving criminals mental health diagnosis, with, which they should even have, so they can get more services. That's another issue as well. So it's there's so much going on, you know, and and, and all all the hospitals are closing. They're all closed. I mean, Kings Park's gone, Pilgrim's almost gone, Creedmoor's going. I mean. And it's all Medicaid dollars, so you and I are paying for it. So that's why they don't want to open up anything else. They're just trying to save money. Fred, Fred, it, it is really horrible, and um, you know I've I've talked about it openly that um, that my own mother suffered from severe mental illness as a chronic paranoid schizophrenic, and you mentioned uh, yeah. you mentioned Pilgrim State. That's one of the places where my mother was hospitalized. There is a lot we are going to get to. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. We're going to discuss mental illness as it relates to the nationwide conversation. We're going to keep going to your calls on uh, immigration, on the migrants. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
And good afternoon, Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly today. It is my honor to be here with you. So uh, we we have a lot of calls, and I see uh, you folks want to discuss immigration, the migrants, uh, Kevin McCarthy. The vote starts tomorrow as the new uh, Congress uh, begins. We're going we're gonna to ch- stay with us, folks. We're going to get to that topic in just a second here. But I want to start. I want to start this half hour with the mentally ill. And it, it's a real bad problem, just like the migrant situation. And who do you blame? You blame the politicians. You blame the politicians that they basically deal with issues that are sexy, that are in full public view. And across the country, for some reason, I guess budgetary reasons, they decided years ago, we heard from the caller back in the 90s, to cut psychiatric beds across the country. I'd like to start. This is something that impacts a lot of people. And as I have talked about openly, uh, this is something that's been in my life, my entire life, mental illness, as it relates to my mother. As I have said before, my mother was a chronic paranoid schizophrenic. And this is not the time or the place to go into my life, but she heard voices when I was a toddler that told her to do horrible things to me, including to take my life. And according to her psychiatric records, it's what my book is about. The book is titled No Mama's Boy. You can find it online, Amazon, any of the regular places. And so the book is on my experience as a child of someone who suffered from severe mental illness, Pilgrim State. Rockland State, Bellevue, on and on and on are institutions where my mother was hospitalized. I was raised by my grandmother. And so what what I'm thinking about is uh, Democratic Virginia State Senator Craig Deeds. Deeds was the Democratic nominee for governor in Virginia in 2009. He was the Democratic nominee for governor of Virginia in 2009. He was stabbed multiple times in the head and chest by his 24-year-old son, Gus, who suffered from severe mental illness. Gus then committed suicide outside the family's Virginia home in a rural area. He struggled with bipolar disorder. And so his story in a nutshell, the father an elected official could not get a psychiatric bed in Virginia for his son, an elected official. And the laws in Virginia at the time, a magistrate could not issue a temporary detention order to hold someone experiencing a mental health crisis unless a bed in a facility was located. 
And so Gus was released after authorities said they could not find a bed for him within the six hours that were set aside uh, by law in Virginia. And thus he went on to stab his father. Look it up on Google multiple times in the head and chest, and then took his own life. The mental illness problem, it, it, it's similar to the migrant problem. And that is pandering politicians that don't know what they're doing and they're making decisions that's costing people their lives, devastating entire families. Let's fast forward current date to Oregon. Look at the video. It's online, but it is heartbreaking. A little girl in Oregon, it's caught on tape. You see the little girl. This happened just a few days ago in Portland, Oregon. The little girl is with her mother on the uh, subway platform. And there's a white line, a thick white line, which you should stand behind the white line so that you're not harmed, so that no one can push you. And the little girl, the little girl is three years old, and she looks like she's playing on the white, on the, uh, the white paint on the platform. And all of a sudden... You see people around and you see a woman sitting on a bench behind the little girl. And with the snap of a finger, with the snap of a finger, the woman gets up, who we now know was homeless. And the little girl doesn't see her walk up behind her. And she pushes the little girl onto the tracks. Face First, face first, the child reported a severe headache, but thank God she's going to be okay because she landed face first on the metal rail and rocks and Americans step up in time of need. People were able to quickly get on the platform and pull her up. Take a look at it. It's online. Then there's the incident just the other day outside the United Nations in New York. A woman drove her car onto a sidewalk and up to the gate around the United Nations headquarters Sunday morning. The 53-year-old was hospitalized after cops were able to get her to come out of the vehicle which she drove up to the gate. And you may recall that incident a few years ago, a paranoid schizophrenic uh, person drove up to the White House and um, and uh, law enforcement unfortunately had to fire the fatal shot. And so authorities are saying that this woman had a psychiatric episode and the emergency services unit of the New York City Police Department eventually got her out of the car and she was taken to the hospital. And I started out the show earlier today with the disturbing video. It's all online 
an African-American man in the Bronx, naked, absolutely naked, 20 feet up in the air, dangling by one arm from an elevated six-train station at Westchester and Metropolitan Avenues, as onlookers gave a play-by-play account. About 30 seconds into the video, as a train went by, the man either let go or couldn't hold on anymore, and just like that, we see him drop 20 feet to the pavement. Help right here. Homie bugging. Homie acting a fool. Homie acting a fool. Get in here. He dropped. He dropped. Folks, he dropped. He dropped. That's what the man said. Society has got to do something about this major problem that we have. This has to be fixed. It can't continue. It's not humane in cities across America to just let the mentally ill just stay out and wander the streets and 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 do whatever they want. It, it's not it's not helping them. It's not in their best interest. Let's go back to the telephone calls. Joseph in the Bronx, New York. Good afternoon, Joseph. What's on your mind? All right. Uh, with regard to uh, mental illness as it pertains to criminal activity, uh, now, not to discount your own personal uh, experience, not to mention the myriad stories that appear in the mass media. Now, I know newspapers and uh, media outlets, they want to sell uh, their product to the public uh, for news consumption. But, you know, and, and the sexier the story or the more, uh, you know, just depraved the story, the better. But with regard to mental illness, specifically schizophrenia, I just want to dispel the myth that people who have mental illness are more likely likely to be dangerous than members of the general public when in fact the opposite is true. Joseph, wait, have, Joseph, I'm I'm going to let yes. I'm going to let you I'm going to let you uh finish, but I have to highly disagree with you as it relates to chronic paranoid schizophrenics. It, what happens, Joseph, and it sounds like you have background in this area. Please remember this has been my entire life. I'm now 58. And don't Joseph, with all due respect, I'm not hearing this argument about sensationalism and selling newspapers. Here are the facts. For some reason, uh, and then I want you to have your say, for some reason, people that have um, paranoid schizophrenic, that are paranoid schizophrenic, they don't like to take their medication. They do. My mother was the same exact situation based on her psychiatric records that over 600 pages that I received after she died. And they don't like to take their medication because they feel that it makes them, at least in my mother's case, Joseph, based on her records, she said that it made her feel numb, that it made her feel dead. And it, and that seems to be a common reoccurrence. I'm almost done, Joseph, and then you can go ahead. And so the problem is when they don't take their medication, they get, if they take it, they're fine. But if they don't, and unless unless it's being done by a, a a nurse in a supervised situation, we have no way of knowing, and they can become extremely dangerous because the voices inside their head, and they really believe that those voices are real, 
tell them sometime to do very dangerous things. Go right ahead, Joseph. Yes, definitely. I definitely agree with you. Of the minority of a mental Ill, mentally ill who are dangerous, yes, if they're off their meds, they can be a danger either to themselves or the general public. And again, not to discount the very real cases that you see in the media, your own personal experience. I've known people with schizophrenia. So again, not to discount those experiences and not to discount those cases. Again, the majority of people with mental illness are depressed. The depressives have other forms of schizophrenia like catatonia, hebephrenia. Uh, you know, they have uh, bipolar disorder, uh, multiple, multiple other uh, things, autism. Uh, so again, many, most people who do suffer, uh, excuse me, mental illness are not dangerous. Now, I wanna, and I just want to establish that. Okay. Now, with regard to uh, a gentleman who called in earlier uh, that says that, you know, basically if you give them supportive housing, that it's not going to work. It's not it's not uh, feasible for people who have mental illness to live in supportive housing. Bull crap. You know, what we need is more funding for supportive housing. We need more units for supportive housing. We need more services for people who find themselves mentally ill and unhoused, whereby they are more likely in that in those circumstances to come into contact with the criminal justice system, to get themselves involved in petty crime. Um, it's usually not a violent crime. It's usually something uh, along the lines of economic crime, shoplifting, jumping the turnstile, whatever the hell it is. So, I mean, they're much more likely to find themselves embroiled uh, in the criminal justice system if they do not have housing first. It is something that is actually established in the uh, psychological psychology community that, again, it's, it's something called Maslow's uh, Hierarchy of Needs. Perhaps you heard of it. Well, well, hey, well, Joseph, let me just say this. I'm listening to you and I'm listening carefully. But here's what I hear. Here's what I hear. Everything that you're stating is every reason more why we should not be funding migrants here in this country. Because we need we need those dollars to go to mental illness programs and other issues. So Joseph, I'm I'm late for a break, but let me let me uh put this question to you. So you believe that most mentally ill uh are, are not harmful. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But what about the people in the cities across America, people that are listening to us right now, where they encounter them on the street and sometimes they can be aggressive? Are, are you willing to acknowledge that that those individuals are dangerous and what should happen in those cases? Uh, can I speak? Yes, go right ahead. Okay, Okay. yes. So as I said before, you know, I, again, there is a minority of us individuals who do indeed suffer mental illness. Now, full disclosure, I'm not talking as a layperson. I'm actually a, a returning student, an adult student in college right now pursuing a medical degree. So again, I'm not just simply talking off the cuff you know, off the top of my head. So basically I've taken psychology courses. Again, I know the statistics. I know the facts. Deinstitutionalization back in the 60s was a horrible mistake. Now, I'm not saying that people should just simply be warehoused in psychiatric facilities without any services and without the ability to live a normal life if given the right support. But the thing is, deinstitutionalization was done poorly. It was not well thought out. 
They did not have alternatives to put the uh, mentally ill in supportive housing, in community residences, where they could b lead a reasonably normal life, live their full potential, and at the same time not pose a threat to the public. Joseph, now, with regard to your question, with regard to your question, quickly, what do you do I've about the dangerous mentally ill? Yes, quickly. Okay. What, what to do about the dangerous mentally ill? Again, in the public, you know, if you find somebody who's menacing you, just like somebody who is not mentally ill, if you find a violent, dangerous, erratic person on the street, avoid them. Again, do your best uh, to, to give them as much space, give as wide berth as possible. Right, again, Joseph. But have done, yeah, jo go. Joseph, I have to step in. I apologize. But, but the problem is you can give them as much space as possible, and, and if they determine they're going to target you, that's it is what it is. Dominic Carter in for Greg Kelly. I will be right back with more of your telephone calls. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dominic Carter here with you folks. I only have another minute before the break. Let me go to my friend here, Gracie, in Rockland County, New York. Good afternoon, Gracie. What's on your mind? Hi, good afternoon. Happy New Year. Listen. Um, the medical student, I wish him the best, but really, he was talking in circles, all philosophy, all theory. Now, in one breath, he said, warehousing of the 60s is no good, but then we need uh, uh, housing. Now, which we do need housing. The four people that I happen to know that were schizophrenic, they were fine, but they, always, they didn't want to take the medicine. And that's when there was always a problem. And it's very hard for the family when they don't want to take their medicine. Uh, Gracie, do me a favor. Hold on. I've got to take a break. We're going to come right back to you. And we will continue on the migrant issue. I'm fed up. I don't understand why we're being stuck with taking care of them. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dominic Carter here with you folks in for Greg Kelly. We are in the home stretch of his show. Greg will return tomorrow. Thousands of Catholics are making their way to Rome, including Timothy Cardinal Dolan to attend the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict the 16th. For Cardinal Dolan, it's it's just not a, a duty, but a personal, if you will, pilgrimage to pay his final respects. Uh, the Pope, that is uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, appointed him to be Archbishop of New York. That is Cardinal Dolan. So he is traveling uh, to Rome. And I just looked at a headline of an interview with uh, Prince Harry. He's continuing to speak out against the royal family in which he says, quote, I want a family, not an institution. So 
I'm going to go back to Gracie in Rockland County, New York, on the issue of the the mentally ill. And we see all the calls on the migrants. We're going to get to them on the vote. We are. It's so exciting if in the world of politics. We are less than 24 hours away from the new Congress convening in Washington. George Santos from Long Island, a small portion of Queens, New York, will be sworn in, we believe, amid all the controversy. Kevin McCarthy, I see a few of you folks want to talk about it. It appears that he does not have enough votes on the first uh, ballot of votes to become speaker. This is all going to be interesting. But the wonderful thing about all of this, what's going on in Washington, it's a good thing that Republicans are taking control of the House. And it's a good thing because we need checks and balances. There has to be someone keeping their eye on the Biden administration with subpoena power. It really is as simple as that. Gracie, Rockland County, New York. So you were just stating again, Gracie, one more time. Okay, what I'm stating is this. Number uh, number one, of course, all of the, the mentally incapacitated should be off the streets and being taken care of. During the 60s, when a medical student who was uh, a few calls ahead said, you know, it was warehouse. It was terrible. I know Pilgrim State, this, that. I've been around. I'm here a long time. The point is that uh, uh, it, it was horrible. Then Mayor Koch wanted to put someone, uh, uh, take her off the street. The Civil Liberties Union ganged up on him. And that's why they closed those institutions. Now, of course, it would be wonderful if they would be housed and take their med. Now, I know personally four people that are uh, paranoid schizophrenic. When they were on their meds, they were fine. When they were off their meds, it was just what you said, they felt like always in a fog, and they didn't feel like feeling like that. But their families couldn't cope with them. I mean, these are four different families. You know what I mean? And God, oh, my God, I'm going to get your book. You know, you are really a role model, Dominic. I, I, I hate to get off on that, but you are really a role model. Well, Gracie, thank you. But, you know, when, when, you, when you're growing up um, with, with this issue uh, in terms of uh, mental illness and it's impacting your mother, the fact of the matter is I, I have never had a traditional relationship uh, with my mother because of her sickness, and I never had a father. And so, you know, and so I was embarrassed, to be honest with you, uh, growing up every Father's Day because it meant absolutely nothing to me. It meant absolutely nothing. And with my mother, all I had was my grandmother and my aunt Inez thank, in the Bronx. Thank God you had them. And and they are the ones uh, that raised me and um, and played a major role in me being where I am uh, as of now. And also, and also the people, as I have said before, the taxpayers that took me out of the housing projects of the Bronx in New York and gave me the opportunity to obtain an education. And Gracie, I've never looked back. Dominic, but you you were strong enough to do it and to achieve. I will give, even though I whine about taxes, I will pay for students who have the chutzpah 
to go do it and get through, but not going for, for six months, getting assistance, and then flunking out. As my husband, who was a New York City teacher, I don't care, in high school, they, they couldn't, wait, they took up space and couldn't pass water. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the good for the <laughs> Thank you for the call, Gracie. And by the way, I, I do agree with Gracie's point. Uh young people, not all, some that go to school that really have no interest in going on to higher education and they take the great assistance of taxpayers uh to to fund them uh with, with financial aid and end up dropping out six months to a year later. That's that's not fair to the uh, to the taxpayer, and it's not fair for taxpayers to be burdened years later with student loan payments that that the young people should be responsible enough to pay off themselves. Andrew Stanhope, New Jersey. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Greg Kelly Show. I'm Dominic hey, Carter. Good afternoon, Dominic. Wait, Andrew, it sounds awful. Are you on speaker? It sounds awful. I'm here. Okay, go ahead. I'm sounding good now. Okay, I go ahead. I want to say people need to be more empathetic with uh, mental illness and uh, learning disabilities. Like I'm dyslexic. People don't understand that or mock. And it was uh, actually Terrell Owens made me think of that because when he infamously cried in the – he's a football player who's retired now. He cried in the press conference after they lost, and people made fun of Tony Romo, his quarterback, or critics. But I was just so shocked and – really disgusted that people were making fun of him because it's obvious he has a mental issue. And Mike Golick is a commentator who's retired and he was putting Terrell down saying that he, excuse me, was at a charity and there was something wrong with Terrell because I said something he didn't like. And he was like pouting like a five year old. So that shows there's something psychologically wrong with him. So you shouldn't put him down. I know you don't do that. I mean, in general, shouldn't put people down. You should be empathetic with people. That's just what I wanted to, my point. Okay, fair enough, Andrew, and we thank you for the call. Let's 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 go full circle. Let's come back to the migrant issue. I'm going to go to, uh, let's go to Ed in Staten Island, New York. Ed, what's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. I was very touched by your story. Well, but, hey, uh, hey I, Ed, let, let me just say this. That, 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 that This is why sometimes, and I just listen to people, when they yell and scream and so on or whatever, because the bottom line is never judge a book by its cover. And you never know what people have gone through. Go right ahead, Ed. I have a two prong uh, solution to help alleviate the problem. I don't think it's going to solve the problem, but um, we need a permanent facility. I suggested this to you a couple of weeks ago in Floyd Bennett field. Uh, apartments, a community center, dining facilities, educational facilities, and we have the U.N. pay for it because it's not a domestic problem. It's an international problem. And when the U.N. finally pays for the migrant problem, that frees up billions of dollars of cash, and then we could help the homeless and the mentally ill. And that's my, that's my suggestion. Ed, I appreciate you, and I thank you for the call. Have a wonderful day. Let's go to Susan in Manhattan. Good afternoon, Susan. What's on your mind? Good afternoon, Dominic. I'm calling about the migrant crisis that I don't yes. see being talked about. Um, here's the, my opinion on what's going on 
the Democrats are looking the other way because these are millions of future voters. Good luck trying to deport 5 million people or however many we have in the country now. They're going to convert these people at some point to permanent residents or amnesty them all. They never check voter ID. So these are voters for the Democrats. They are historically, I have no proof, but we know what goes on with elections. So that's my opinion. And finish Trump's border wall and continue his policies. But it's politically incorrect to do that. So they stopped everything. There was no crisis with Trump. There there was not, Susan, you are correct. There was no crisis. There was none. But but because Trump came up with it, it just can't stand. It it it, right. it just can't it just can't be. Trump That's Trump correct. Trump delivered the uh, the the vaccines. Oh no, correct. Can't be can't be. He right. was ridiculed during the campaign during those debates that he promised it would happen. We have to have Susan and I appreciate the call. We have to have one set of rules. We can't have a set of rules for everybody else and then for Donald Trump. We can't have a set of rules that says. Oh, I love Barack Obama, but I hate Donald Trump. That's not fair. Let's go to Patricia, Long Island, before we take a break. Good afternoon, Patricia. What's on your mind? Well, I have to tell you the good news. I fell in love with you over the summer or in the springtime. And then when I found you again (laughs) this, this past week, I sealed the deal. You are, when you... I met you, even though you don't know you met me. You were on the line. Uh, you were on uh, for somebody, and you went and told your story of your begin, you know, your childhood and where you were and everything. And I was hysterical crying. And then the other day, you said that you don't have a father, and your father's name isn't even on the birth certificate. It's not. You made me cry. You made me cry again. And I wanted to tell you, but Dominic. Your son has his your name on his birth certificate. He does. That that is that's triumph. It, look where you are. Look what your son has, and your daughter, and your wife, and and your and your grandmother, and your your aunt that raised you. You are you are my idol. I love you, and and I I know you can't say this, but I'm going to say this. If they don't cut Sid's hours, I never oh. listen to that man. <laughs> that man is a disgrace. Okay. He, he, you have to have some of his hours. You have to be on during the day. Well, you have to. Well, and my well, husband agrees with me. Well, tell tell <laughs> tell your husband, what? tell your husband that I said uh, he's the man. And and Patricia, <laughs> we 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 thank you for the support, and we love you. I love you and your husband, and thank you for your kind words. And and um, and that's all I can say for for right now. Thank you for the call, Patricia. Because and I'm not avoiding any topic. It's just that I've got to talk to. I've got to toss to a break because it's a uh, nationally syndicated show and the affiliates have to break uh, at a certain time. So what we're going to do is do exactly that. We are going to take a break, and then when we come back, we are going to wrap up with as many of your telephone calls as possible. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dominic Carter with you folks in for Greg Kelly today. Greg is back tomorrow. 
We are in the home stretch of his program. Susan, Brooklyn, New York, go right ahead, please. Oh, it's just great to hear you any time of the day or night, but I'd love to hear you on in the day and Greg Kelly, who I do really believe does. all of you deserve, you know, a vacation. I hope you get some rest, darling. But what I wanted to say about the migrant thing quickly is um, the gentleman called before about um, that, you know, who qualifies for asylum. And it's clear that, you know, just because you're poor and you want a better job, that is not what the law says. Also, that the um, the law says that they have to go to the first country that they go through to declare asylum. And that um, we're getting people from like 120 different countries, Dominic. And, you know, how many came in uh, that we did catch that were on the watch list? And look at this guy in the, with a machete. How horrible. It's so good that these young men are going to survive, but they are going to be traumatized. I mean, just because someone survives doesn't mean, you know, that all is forgotten. Um, And we just need to do much more. And the FBI has had so many of these people on their watch list. Maybe they should get out of politics and get into actual, you know, getting the bad guys. Sounds like a great idea, Susan. I'm going to move on. Uh, Thank you for the call. I'm trying to get in as many calls as uh, possible. Thank you, Susan, for the wonderful words and for the call. Liz in Manhattan, good afternoon. What's on your mind? I worked at the Ypsilanti State Hospital for the mentally ill in um, Michigan. Yes. And nobody did anything for these people. They just were housed. And we fed them, and I tried to talk to them, even though I had no training. It was what I was supposed to do at the University of Michigan. So it's really sad. I I hear you, Liz. I've been to uh, Michigan speaking a a couple of times. And, um, you know, that's one of the raps that we hear about these facilities. And I guess at the end of the day, we just have to improve the facilities. Thank you for the call. Improve improve the facilities. But we can't just leave them on on the streets of New York City. We just can't do it. it. And around the country, around the country, we are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to Ann, Staten Island. Ann, what's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. I want to wish you a happy, healthy New Year. And because I can't listen to Greg, I love hearing uh, you. And you really need to have, you need a daytime job there. Get rid of that one in the morning, Sid. Put you in or give somebody else less hours that kill me. You need to be on hey, the wonderful and, artist. And I, I, I appreciate the love. Love you, too. Sid Rosenberg is one of the best in the business. Sid Rosenberg has been around for for many, many years, and he has sky-high uh, ratings. And on a personal level, he is a wonderful person to me, and he's been very supportive of my career, very supportive, extremely supportive. And so I, I hear you folks, but um, but I, I, I listen uh, to Sid Rosenberg in the morning and uh, I've been learning a lot from him. Let's go to uh, Mike in Brooklyn. Mike in Brooklyn, good afternoon. What's on your mind? Yes, just um, calling about the immigration in the White House. You got uh, you got all these states saying, "Come here, come here." You got out out two governors, past governor and the one we have now, said, "Come here." Out out both mayors, previous and the one we have now, come here. You got a president saying, "It's good." Well, 
just come. We're gonna we're gonna bring everybody. You're right, Mike. The the, the way I see it is, you know, they, they, they you got a border czar. They, you know, they everything's okay. Which border? Which the, the I don't know south border, but they think the you know, south border's up in the Alaska south border. You know, along Canada. You know, they they everything has uh, been reversed on uh, what they've been doing. So the way I see it is the the. the the Biden administration and and all the other politicians, they're at war with the middle class. This is destroying the middle class because they can't afford to pay it. It's coming out of our pockets. It really is. It really is. It really is, Mike. And I, I appreciate the call. It really is. It's unfair. It really is unfair. Uh, Dominic Carter here with you folks, and we are taking your calls as we wrap up uh, the Greg Kelly show. Let's see here. Let's go to Gail in Cortland Manor. Good afternoon, Gail. What's on your mind? Oh, my gosh. I'm honored. How are you? I'm doing well, Gail. I hope you're well. Uh, I just want to tell you, you are the classiest guy, and I I need you to be on during the day, okay? And in addition to that, I just want to say something about voting. I don't think people vote. So if you don't vote, why are you complaining? Bingo. Thank you. Bingo, Gail. Love you. you love you too. You you hit it on the head. And and when and when you do vote, you just vote like a robot for one party even though they don't represent your best interests. I've said it once, I'll say it again. That's why I'm a registered Republican. You will not take my vote for granted. I am going to vote for the person that represents my best interest. Joe in Manhattan, what's on your mind? Uh, hi there. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Uh, you're running out of time, I know. You're yes, so you got to speak up, Joe. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, you are the best. You are the best. Thank All right. you. Regarding, uh, there, uh, there, there are numerous solutions, but the problem is that President Biden who would refuse to uh, go for any type of solution. One solution would have been, for instance, uh, Trump might have under the table made a, a, that sort of agreement with the leader of uh, uh, Mexico, the president there, whereby uh, he would uh, provide him with inducements economically, and the president uh, of Mexico would stop them from coming into this country because there's an international law vis-a-vis vis uh, uh, asylum asylees, whereby uh, uh, it's the country of, for, for, uh, first country of arrival is called, first country yes. of arrival, yes. whereby uh, wherever they arrive first, they can only apply there for political asylum and for that particular country, period. Right. And thank you for your show. Right. And thank you for your call, Joe. Um, let me do this. Um, well, I, I wanted to go to Leonardo, and Leonardo, I'm going to do it. Leonardo, you have 15 seconds. You've got to make your point quickly. Go ahead. we got to reelect Trump, close the border, take all the money that they're wasting, Dominic, put it towards mental health. It has touched my family like it's touched yours. You know it's an incredibly time-consuming. Yes. It requires love and compassion. Yes. Leonardo, I, I have to step in. Thank you. You're dead on, Leonardo, with what you just said, folks. It has been my absolute honor to be with you. Greg Kelly returns tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless you all, folks.